We're back. It's Locked On Horn Frogs. We survived the ice storm. We're up and rolling. We'll talk about it next. This is Locked On Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. It is Locked On Horn Frogs. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. We appreciate that. If you did that, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Uh, we're back up and rolling. Sorry about last week. Things were crazy with the ice storm. Had tech issues. Had uh, kids at my house all the time as I know many of you did, but I hope everybody's well if you're in the state of Texas or if you were affected in other areas um, by the Arctic blast. feels like we get those sort of weather events, like historical weather events, once a year now, which I don't love. I used to think, like, I used to say I'd rather be cold than hot, like I'd rather deal with cold weather than hot weather. I've retracted that statement after the last few years. What I realized is I'd never really experienced cold weather, you know, like debilitating cold the type of weather that can shut cities down and that kind of thing. I'm not a fan of that. So um, anyway, happy to be podcasting again. And in segment one here, we'll just sort of roll on some things that we missed last week. Um, you know, the big news being from a recruiting standpoint, Jaden Rashada, the four-star or five-star quarterback, depending on what recruiting service you look at, um, he had, he's headed to Arizona State. He signed with them on signing day. Um Kind of a strange move. I mean, you know, recruiting is is individualistic. What I mean by that is every, you know, young man, young woman, when they're making a decision about where they're going to school, whether it's football, basketball, whatever, they're making these decisions on an individual basis. Everybody has their own priorities. Um, Jaden's a, a guy that kind of ran into a, a bad situation at Florida with an NIL deal that went bad, ends up sort of re, you know, refocusing, retooling. TCU hires Kendall Bryles. All of a sudden they have – and end with with the family because um, he has a prior relationship and things seem to be trending in the right direction. But you know his dad played at Arizona State. He's a legacy there. He's a West Coast kid. It's close to home. I'm not sure exactly what the bottom line was and him deciding to go to Arizona State instead of TCU. But it is sort of strange on how they've whiffed on QBs in the cycle. I'm not necessarily so worried about the position itself. I think they can find a way to shore up that part of the roster in the spring or summer, depending on you know which quarterback hits the portal. I do think Chandler Morris can step in and be a really um, suitable and passable starter next season, hopefully even more than that. Hopefully he develops like Max Duggan did last year. It is sort of odd, though, that with Sonny Dykes there, um, who's, a, who's a great offensive mind, who's been known to develop quarterbacks, that they've just struck out on, on these guys. Now, each of them has their own story, right? Like Walker Howard, who ended up at Old Miss. That seemed to be an NIL situation where TCU just couldn't match what he was looking for or what Old Miss was offering him. So Robertson, um, the, the young man that was at Mississippi State and then transferred to Baylor, that appeared to be a playing time thing where he's looking at the, the roster at Baylor and says, man, Blake Shapin coming off kind of a rough season, an inconsistent season. I can go play there um, as opposed to possibly sitting the bench for a year behind Chandler Morris at TCU. But, um, I mean, I get the concerns, right? Like Chandler has been banged up in the past. You know, the, the few times we've seen him play, 
Um, he went out in that he went out with that injury against Colorado, just sort of a fluke thing. He just twisted his knee, unfortunately, when he was trying to change direction. Went out the year before that against Oklahoma State with an injury. Um, so you you hope he can stay healthy, but I think from a you know on the field standpoint, he's somebody that can run this offense effectively. It's really just the depth behind him, and you know um, they still recruited a really good class here. Still in the top 25, according to 247 Sports. It's just kind of disappointing how the cycle has ended by missing on some big-time names. Um, and Rashada joins that, you know, that fold. Um, and I'm, I'm going to look here one more time because this has been a, a crazy situation. But the other sort of domino that hadn't fallen as far as, you know, signing day goes was Warren Robertson, the Red Oak safety, um, who's a four-star safety. He's been committed to TCU since Halloween of 2022 did a cool video with frogs today about it. Uh, but you know, the, the news from the recruiting services was that Texas, it was sort of trending towards UT that he'd probably end up in Austin. Um, now as of the time I'm recording, he still hasn't made a decision. I don't have great Intel as to what's holding up that process. I know last week, of course, had all the weather issues. So school, you know, got canceled in a lot of places. Red Oak was in that same boat. So I don't know if he's just finally back on campus and is now going to try to go through the normal signing day ceremony that he missed. But as of the time I'm recording this, he hasn't made a decision. So maybe there's still an opportunity there for TCU, you know, to close strong and get him signed. If they don't, I think they'll probably probably still end up with a top 25 class, but it'll be kind of dicey as some of the, the big – you know, players have added some big names here late in this recruiting cycle. But overall, I think TCU's done a nice job, you know, recruiting. It just really comes down to the perception of it has taken a little bit of a hit given how they've closed and how they've missed on some different players. The quarterback situation, I think, will get worked out. Um, but maybe they do need to take a step back and just assess, like, man, why are we why are we missing on these QBs? As I said, every situation, every decision is its own individual kind of entity and process. So sometimes it's hard to derive and draw trends and say, okay, why are we, why are we not making things happen in this area? But they don't end up with Jaden Rashad. It would have been a really cool and nice way to end the 2023 recruiting cycle. Just did not happen for TCU. And now they'll look at, you know, QBs in the spring and summer, possibly in the portal. Um, when we come back, Texas and Oklahoma, what is the plan when are they going to the SEC? How could it possibly affect TCU moving forward? We'll talk about that next. Uh, we'll also talk about TCU basketball in the last segment of the show. Before we do that, though, I do want to mention one of our great sponsors, LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs. You know LinkedIn. If you're in the professional world, you have heard of LinkedIn. Everybody uses it. So if you're hiring, if you're looking for talent, if you're trying to acquire the best people for your business, you need to use LinkedIn. Don't make it complicated. Just make it simple. Go to LinkedIn.com slash college. You can post your job for free. You can use their purple hashtag hiring frame to, uh, you know, draw some attention to what you're doing. They have the the best sort of wide net to cast is by doing this on LinkedIn. You can also narrow it down with their simple screening questions and other tools they have. Um, talent acquisition is the most important part of any business. If you're going to find the best people to fit what you're doing, to fit your culture, to fit, um, you know, your, your working model. LinkedIn is the best way to go. LinkedIn jobs. Again, it's linkedin.com slash college, and you can post your job for free. That's the best news. 
Because if it ain't free, it ain't me. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college. All right, so segment two here on Locked on Horn Frogs. Um, sort of catching up from some things that we missed last week. So Texas and Oklahoma, this news, I saw it from Pete Thamel first. There have been discussions, and the general consensus sort of leading up to last week even was that hopefully Texas and OU would be out of the Big 12 and moving into the SEC after this year. So one more year in the Big 12, move on to the SEC. In the last few days, it has come out that these negotiations are uh, not as close as people thought. Like there's the TV networks, the schools, the Big 12, the SEC, you know, negotiating this exit fee, trying to get it to a place where it makes sense for the transition to happen. It's not happening. And it's more likely that Texas and Oklahoma will be in the Big 12 for this season and next year, and then would move on to the SEC in 2025. Um, You know, I've said this before. This is not a popular opinion. I understand why the Big 12 has to care about these exit fees. The Big 12 is trying to get the money that they are owed from Texas and OU. They want to distribute that among the schools. Everybody wants to get paid. I get it. So they're they're drawing a hard line, and they should. And me as a, you know, casual observer, as a fan of TCU, I'm ready to move on to the new look Big 12. So I understand the need for the Big 12 to play hardball here. I would be willing to just be like, hey, let, what do you what do you want to pay? Let's negotiate this to a place where you can get out because I think for the future of the league, for you know the future of the brand, um, it, it's all important that the Big Twelve moves on. It gives them some clarity. It gives them a chance to possibly expand. It gives them a chance to move on with members that want to be there. <laughs> And so it would be best for the league if Texas and OU moved on. You know, I think Texas is trying to build something in football. Obviously, Brett Venables is doing some some good things at OU from a, a uh, recruiting standpoint. Worst case scenario is that those two schools get really good over the next few years and – they win the Big 12 championship in football or something, and then it looks kind of silly that they're immediately leaving the SEC. It would have been most perfect if after two years of getting shut out of the Big 12 championship game, if you could prevent it for one more season, kick them out, send them on their way, and then move on. Um, I think that would be the best-case scenario for the league. But it's looking like we're going to kind of be in this awkward sort of, um, you know, limbo for the next few years. Conference realignment is fascinating to me. I've said this before. I care about TCU. I want to see them play. You know, I'll watch them play no matter what conference they're in. Obviously, I want to be part of the power brokers. I want to be part of the people that are, you know, on the inside track to make the national championship game. But the TV contracts, all those things, they don't really matter much to me because I just I just want TCU to win. Like that's what I'm most interested in. I don't think the Big 12 is going to become a huge afterthought after Texas and OU leave. Yes, I think it'll be a huge hit. It'll be a hit financially. I don't think the league is going to become like a mid-major in football or basketball. Um, Now, one interesting part of this, too, is we saw last summer when USC and UCLA left for um, the 
the Big Ten, or it was announced they were going to leave for the Big Ten, there was suddenly sort of this game of chicken between the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Okay, which league is going to fold? Which league is possibly going to absorb the other? And there was a lot of chatter about the Big 12 possibly taking those four corner schools, those being the two Arizona schools, Arizona State, Arizona, and then uh, Utah and Colorado possibly moving forward with the new look Big 12. And that sort of all died down. Like the Big 12 got a media deal done. The Pac-12 still negotiating theirs. Um, but that that talk sort of died down. But now it's picking back up again. We're starting to get to that point of the offseason in football where you're hearing these rumors again. And the Big 12 appears to be in a place where they can be aggressive. Now, one rumor that was sort of substantiated is that the Big 12 has been talking to Gonzaga about possibly joining as a basketball-only member. And there's been some some chatter about Gonzaga not being the only possible basketball-only member in the league. Um, I think if you want to add Gonzaga in itself, that's intriguing. I feel like if you start adding more basketball-only schools, that's a slippery slope. But the Big 12 has an opportunity here. I think they're still going to be good at football. I think they're going to be um, a league that is a force in the major sports. The Big 12 is great at basketball, like capital G great, best conference in the nation in basketball. And so I do think that it's it's worth exploring the idea of if you can strengthen that with Gonzaga, then your brand kind of becoming the basketball league, like the league that throws down in hoops and is the leader there and can also be really good at football, be really good at baseball, some of the other, you know, name brand sports and college athletics. So it's just something to watch. Is there going to be some movement here as far as the Pac-12 schools coming to the Big 12? I still think the most likely would be the Arizona schools. That would be a good place to start if they're interested. Colorado now becomes more interesting at the moment because of Deion Sanders, and I'm not sure how long he's going to be there. But it's all sort of fascinating how this is going to play out over the next few months as Brett Yormark tries to, you know, build this brand to a place where it is um, ready to make the most money and be the most marketable. When we come back, I want to talk uh, TC basketball. We'll do that next. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. Before we do that, though, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is a great product. They've been a sponsor here on the Lockdown Network for a long time. Uh, what's your new resolution? I know for a lot of you, it's, man, I need to get healthier. I need to lose weight. Whatever it looks like for you, Built Bar can help because it's only 180 calories, five grams of sugar, not a lot of carbs. It's it's not going to be something that you feel guilty about eating. And they use real ingredients. So it's, it's not your typical protein bar, breakfast bar, that's just filled with some sort of weird fake sugar and preservative, and it's not a lot of calories, but you're just like, man, this doesn't taste like the real thing. No, it's really good stuff, and they have a lot of different flavors. Go to BuiltBar.com. You can use the promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off your next order or your first order. 15% off your order if you go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that's Built Bar. Um, we love them here at the LOCKEDON Network. All right, final segment here on Locked On Horn Frogs. Talking to TCU basketball, um, Frogs were without Mike Miles, and they ended up winning their first game without Mike Miles. Eddie Lampkin was also out on uh, Saturday, but they played West Virginia last week. 
were able to pull that game out. They fall to Oklahoma State on Saturday by a score of 79-73. Got way behind early in that game. It was 22-6 to at one point. Oklahoma State just started out red hot. They're playing at home. They're playing at uh, Gallagher-Iber Arena. Great crowd there. They were hitting threes, doing all sorts of you know great things on the offensive end. TCU fought back. You know They crawled back. They found a way to cut it to 14 at halftime, slowly sort of cut into that lead. And actually had a two-point lead at 60, uh, 65-63 with about four minutes left in the ballgame. And it looked like they might come back and win it, but down the stretch just could not get stops. Um, Caleb Boone just absolutely took TCU to task on Saturday. He had 25 points. He had a bunch of big buckets late in the game. I mean, later late in the basketball game, they were literally just posting him up on the right side of the floor, clearing things out, letting him go to work. And they tried Emmanuel Miller on him. I mean, they tried um, Salomon Dubai on him. They tried Chuck O'Bannon at one point. It didn't. Nothing worked. They really missed Eddie Lampkin and his ability to kind of bang down low and give some resistance there. And also, Oklahoma State just shot the ball at a, a pace that they typically don't. Um, John Michael, right there, point guard. He had 17 points. He had a really good day shooting the basketball. He had a big three once TCU went up two to take a one point lead. And um, he had an uncharacteristic game offensively, but just not great defense. Couldn't get stops down the stretch. Had trouble executing in the half court late in that basketball game, which is to be expected without Mike on the floor. Um, Manuel Miller had 17 points. He had a great game. Xavier Cork really struggled, was in foul trouble, was not super effective. Jacoby Coles had 15 points. He's having a really nice year. Jacoby Coles, he had a tough season last year, but he's been really good for TCU. This season on the court, Jahade Wills had 14. He's been, uh, you know, a nice presence on the floor, especially with Mike out from a scoring perspective. Damian Ball was kind of banged up, had some um, what looked like maybe leg cramps. So I don't think he was 100% late in that game. He had 12 points. Overall, though, it's tough because, it's you know, it's a winnable game on the road and you can't close it out even with the injuries they've had. I think one thing that I can't really understand about this group and I know there were some extenuating circumstances, right? Injuries. They had travel issues getting to Oklahoma State late Friday night. They got there. Um, I think they, they couldn't do shoot-around or had to push shoot-around back because of that. But the energy level from game to game is just not there. And I, I don't understand for a veteran team that has a good amount of depth. I mean, it's not like they're just running six guys out there every day. They have a bench. And they've got guys that played a lot of basketball. I'm not really sure why it's so back and forth. And, again, start off slow against Oklahoma State. Just can't find a way to dig out of that hole that you made by not playing well the first 10 minutes of the basketball game. And so now you go on the road to Kansas State, which Kansas State's lost three in a row, but that's a really good basketball team with Malik Knowles and Jerome Tang. There's their head coach, Conte Johnson. Um, I don't really see a way they they go in the octagon and doom and, and get a victory. I hope I'm wrong, but that's a tough task with the with the guys they'll possibly be missing on Tuesday. I don't expect Mike to play. Maybe Eddie will play. I, they've handled this Eddie situation strangely. You know, he came back in after getting hurt against Kansas, and he sat out a game, and he played a little bit against West Virginia, but you could tell he wasn't 100. percent I just I don't really get what they're doing there. Um, it seems like most likely Mike and Eddie could be back for that Baylor game on Saturday, February 11th at 3 o'clock. But, yeah, overall, just tough tough day for TC basketball. And 
we'll, we'll see where they go from here. But, man, that's a tough loss to take because it was a winnable basketball game, even with the issues they had and the injuries they had. So we'll see if they can bounce back against K-State tomorrow night. This has been Lockdown Horn Frogs. Thank you for listening to the show. It's your team every day.